Jason Bateman and Tina Fey and that phone conversation, dad's dead. What? Because he's like, it's not a great time. She's like, dad's dead. What? Yeah, and dad wants to sit, wants us to sit Shiva. And he's like, but he's dead. And she goes, yeah, apparently that's the opportune time. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus. Welcome to the What's Over the Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Croner. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate your help going the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsiverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes, sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive content and updates, and pick up some merchandise. Don't forget to go to podchaser.com. Leave us a review. They're currently running their reviews for good campaign, and for every review, they'll donate 25 cents to World Central Kitchen's hashtag chefs for Ukraine, and they will double it if we reply to the review, which we will. Uh, we've had a handful already. Go out and get as many as you can. Send your friends down because we also have a little competition going. If you hit 30 reviews by the end of April while this is running, Matt's going to wear a dress during one of our spoiler-free reviews on the camera. Yeah, uh, we've only got a couple of days left before this ends at that point, so get on them. Yep, get it done. At 60, Alec will live stream watching our lowest-rated movie, She Dies Tomorrow. And at 100, I will risk my life and limb and shave my beard. And I'll do that on camera live and it'll be, yeah. Glorious Casey, is the word you're Casey looking Casey will for. kill me, but it's worth what it. What JJ's cheeks underneath that scruffy, good-looking beard just look like ball sack cheeks because they, they haven't seen no editing. <laughs> they do. And just so you know, no matter what time of year, they get no sun. So, like, there's a line here of rough and tan and then pure white. And very smooth because there's no like there's no aging like sun aging happening underneath here because it's been there for years and when I do shave it when I have shaved it it's because of a a two-year-old nephew or because of a special occasion like my grandmother's funeral six years ago that was the last time I willingly shaved it because my grandmother didn't like beards so I promised her I would shave it for her funeral. So that's, that's the wow. kind of occasion that my beard gets shaved for. And that's about it. Wow. So I, people, again, all you got to say is I like this podcast. Maybe you even just say like podcasts, like <laughs> you can put L I K P O D C S T. You don't have to spell it correctly and it'll work. I'm pretty Support sure you Ukraine. can just put an emoji thumbs up yeah, in there. You can or smiley like face and it'll and work. Done. Support Ukraine. And let's see JJ shave. Yeah, it looked like a fat or not 12 year old, 40 year old is what (laughs) it's terrible. (laughs) All right. So go do that. Podchaser.com. Again, it costs you guys nothing, but it does go to a great cause. I help support those that are definitely in need right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the podcast, as always, the question we ask is if you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie, to help with that question. Each week we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. So to change it up a little bit, like I said, we're not doing all new movies. This one's a throwback. It's something that came out a little while ago, but we're going to review it anyway. And that is This Is Where I Leave You. It was released September 19th, 2014. It was written by Jonathan Tropper. It was directed by Sean Levy. Stars Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Adam Driver, Corey Stoll, Rose Byrne, Catherine Hahn, Timothy Oliphant, Dax Shepard, Deborah Monk, Ben Schwartz, and Jane Fonda. Jesus Christ, that's a long list of <laughs> cast. But you can't leave any of them off because they're all important characters. Like, oh, God. Okay. They are. 
After their father passes away, four grown siblings are forced to return to their childhood home, live under the same roof for a week, along with their oversharing mother and an assortment of spouses, exes, and might-have-beens. If you haven't seen this movie and want to avoid spoilers, go check it out. There's a couple places you can watch it right now. Pause the podcast, go watch it, come back, pick up where you left off because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. That was a very like solid IMDb summary or wherever that was pulled from. Right out of IMDb, times, that was solid. A yeah. lot of times they're garbage, but that one I'm like, Short and well said. Yeah, that but JJ, good. so for those of you that don't know, while we're trying to do some older movies, we all like, we're, I mean, don't have to be old, like being newish old, whatever it may be. But this is a JJ movie. So yeah. JJ, tell us, tell us why. Yeah. So I either get my movies because like they're something I want to watch. And so we watch them and that's where I come up with a movie that I love. Or usually in a lot of these movies I have sitting in my list for the podcast are movies that Casey made me watch. And I'm like, mm-hmm. motherfucker, I don't want to watch this. And then it turns out I really love the movie. So like we did one, uh, one of our very first episodes, Larry Crown. Larry Crown was another mm-hmm. one of those where Casey's like, this looks good. Let's watch it. And I'm like, oh shit. And then I end up fucking laughing my ass off for two hours. So this is one of those we'd seen it. And I love Jason Bateman. Casey has like a serious crush on Adam driver. I like Tina Fey. Who doesn't though. That's fair. I love I Tina Fey when she's not on Saturday Night Live. Um, so, like, there's a lot of things about this movie that really interested me. So I wasn't quite as uh, on this one, but I was so glad that we watched it the first time. And now it's become like a regular movie. Like, I look for reasons to watch it because it's... And I'll just start this thing off with, I love this movie because it's a little bit of everything. There's some really heart-wrenching things happening in this movie, and there's some really dysfunctional family shit that happens in this movie. But then that same dysfunctional family, like I love the way that they have each other's backs in the serious moments of life. Like that reminds me a lot of my family and things like we'll bust each other's ass all day long, but don't mess with anybody in our family because then you got to deal with all of us. And so seeing that was cool. And then there's just some really great comedic moments and a really awkward, uncomfortable, realistic love story shit. So I just like movies that are grounded in reality and are just kind of over the top. And this cast is outrageous. And from what I've read, most of this movie was improv. Especially, yeah, Jason Bateman and Tina Fey, like the director, Sean Levy was like, dude, you get those two in a room and you just kind of go, whatever, do what you got to do. And here's what's happening. And a lot, especially those two together, from what I read, most of it improv. I can see that. Yeah. Well, and those two together crack me up. Like when they're, (laughs) when they're, when they're sitting on the damn, like the chairs early on for Shiva and they're going back and forth, like make, Oh dude, they're together. Especially like when she's drunk on the little, she's like offering him coffee and it turns out to be like schnapps. Yeah. You want, and he's like, that's not coffee. And it's schnapps. So like, dude, that whole interaction is great. Mm. Yeah, I can tell you when I like this, when I started to like this movie is when Sean Levy's name came up as directed by. Yeah. I think he's three and oh on movies for the podcast. I think right? so. Free guy, Adam Project. And this is where I leave you. Yeah. But I, Fair. After watching, you know, those three movies, I really like his directing style. Mm-hmm. And I think it stems from the fact that he uses a lot of older music mm. in his kind of bigger moments. And kind of throws back to the 70s or the 80s. And it really just kind of seems to fit, even though you never think it would. Yeah. 
No, and I, you know, it's funny because I didn't know that Sean Levy directed this, to be honest with you. Like, I'd never paid attention to who directed it until we started doing the podcast. And then as I watched it this time, it popped up and I'm like, shut the fuck up. I was like, are you kidding me? Because you're not wrong. It's because everything he's done recently, like I've enjoyed. And he's a big, he directed Stranger Thing episodes. Of course, those Adam Project, Free Guy, The Night at the Museums are like a secret, hidden, enjoyable movie for me, which were coming out similar. He has a movie called The Internship. And if you've never oh, seen that, that movie, movie, dude, that movie's funny as hell. That's one of my great laughing movies too, is the internship. So as I started to, I started to look into what else is this dude directed that I like? And there's a lot like he, I'm with you. Like, I love the way this guy directs movies. So I had to like, go back and say, what do I watch that I really enjoy that this guy's done? And I had no idea at the time that that's who was doing it. Yeah, this based on your was, trivia about Tina Fey and Jason Bateman, it sounds like a lot of his directing style is do it. Yeah. Just be yourself, figure it out. You know, I kind of trust you to give me a good scene. Mm-hmm. Lean on the star power. But this movie is really well balanced. Um, and when JJ was pitching this movie to us, I thought this movie was going to be like a very, very funny movie. And then I was, I was watching it. It's definitely a funny movie, but it's not like just the premise of it being a funny movie, if that makes sense, like a, a straight up comedy where all it is is like laugh after laugh, to slapstick or things like that. There's certainly some serious topics in this movie of just about life and relationships and, and failed marriages and cheating and family dynamic between siblings that aren't going well, but they just do a really good job interjecting humor along the various stages, but then hit you with some serious notes again. Like, I mean, I didn't expect this movie at the end when he gets shocked by the, the circuit breakers that <laughs> I think by his third or fourth time when <laughs> yeah. he's down there in the basement trying to brush his teeth and crap. And, and then he goes to flip the, the breaker and it, this is towards the end of the movie and it shorts out and he, finally has the moment where he remembers his dad because at dinner much earlier on, he couldn't come up with like a memory that really encapsulated him and his dad, but the memory of his dad helping when he like, I think fell off his bike and kind of helped him get up and move on. And this movie was like, I was like, wow, like I didn't expect that towards the end. I thought they would have just kind of made light of things and moved forward. But, but then they have some really just awesome slapstick humor with the Jewish a priest, I don't even know. Boner, rabbi, and Boner, Boner the rabbi, and, <laughs> and just <laughs> I like what Adam Driver's character. At some point, everyone like he was literally walking out of the scene, and then he's just like Boner, and then he comes back. He's like, I like you guys. Like <laughs> that's the best. Just funny near the end when he's leaving, he leaves the room after Adam Driver nut shots him because they're talking yep. about Adam Driver's dick as a kid. So he's like let's stop talking about my penis. And then like he nut shots Boner. Boner leaves the room and it's Hari who has like the head injury. It's a brain injury. <laughs> so see you later Boner. And he comes running back in all pissed off. And he's like, was that you? He's like, it was. And he's like, then he calms down. Cause what do you say? Like you can't fucking bust the dude with the brain injuries chops like for saying it. So he's like, okay, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> fucking Boner's one of the greatest. So one of my favorite moments in this whole movie is they go to temple to pray for their dad and because Boner sold mom on it. And so they go to temple (laughs) and Jason Bateman's character, Judd, finds two joints in his dad's suit coat pocket. 
shows Adam Driver's character, Philip, and Philip immediately, no hesitation whatsoever, sees them, stands up, and goes walking down the aisle, and they go get high in a classroom in their Jewish temple. And that those three brothers, like higher than shit, having like a serious conversation about life. Cause the one brother, the oldest brother is like, man, I used to be so fun. Do you want to tell him or do you want yeah, me? Yeah. You want to tell him or, you want, or should I, you were never fun. Really? <laughs> Complete dick. Well, I was consistent, consistent dick. <laughs> and it just, and then they come out and they're, that sets the, the sprinklers Fire, off and they yeah. come out soaking wet and boners. Like you guys getting high. Is that what happened here? You would know. <laughs> and they all like call him boner like nine times as they're leaving in front of the whole congregation. It's just, oh, I just love it. But it starts on a pretty serious note, this movie. Well, first you get the weird man up show, like where <laughs> Dax Shepard is like just a complete douche and yelling at people and doing all sorts of stupid shit as a radio DJ. Why did you vote for him? Yeah. Why did you vote for him? And then like getting like yelling at some lady about not having sex with her husband and wondering why he's cheating on her or some shit. Like it's just a terrible fucking deal. And then that same dude is sleeping with Judd's wife and you go home and see it. And he's just kind of bringing her a cake, trying to be nice and shit. Yeah. I thought it was was one of the few shows where I was like, Oh, he's just going to sit here. He's going to experience this happening. And then they realize he's there. Yeah, could you imagine? And he's like, how long has this been going on? Uh, a day, first you know, time. First time, a year. Yeah. On our side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. He finishes the sentence with on our side. On our side. So terrible. Uh, yeah, this movie's great, though. But that's how it starts. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus, how is this okay? Like it's, and then his dad dies. Like you see him laying on yeah, a couch in a shitty apartment, like looking like hell. And then he gets the call from his sister, Wendy, that his dad died. Like that's one of those interactions that these two, so they're my favorite part. And I've said it already, but Jason Bateman and Tina Fey and that phone conversation, dad's dead. What? Cause he's like, it's not a great time. She's like, dad's dead. What? Yeah, and dad wants to sit, wants us to sit Shiva. And he's like, but he's dead. And she goes, yeah, apparently that's the opportune time. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus. And then the mom's in yeah, the background. Jewish atheist. Yeah, well, exactly. Aren't we atheists? Well, and then the mom's oh, in the background gosh, the ripping mom. the freaking tube out of the dad's throat. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Crazy show. The way it just, that was funny. It's all over the place. They liked, uh, who's the kid? Who's the kid who knows how to poop? Oh, yeah. Chuck Cruz, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but he gets, I like his, when he he gets his, his toilet side for his morning poop. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like the way he takes it outside on the front porch. He's like, yeah. yeah he's just chilling there. Spot the poop. Because yeah. I think it pops up later. They're like, the only person in this family who has it figured out is the kid's mm-hmm. name. I can't remember the kid's name. It's like he sits there on his, you know, totally takes his poop and he has a good time. Yep. Cole? Anyway. Cole, that's... Is that it? Is it Cole? That's it. Yeah. I love it I'm when he's like... That's bad. He, want, he comes in, he goes, I'm making a pissy and a poopy. <laughs> well, and then he throws the poop in the air because nobody's paying attention to him. He gets pissed and throws the toilet in the air and it lands on his dad who's on the call and like everybody's freaking out. 
such a fucking shit show. And they, it, like for me, like I think that's what I enjoy is because like I don't have a huge family and we wouldn't do anything like that, but we'd all get together like and shit like that could happen. Like I couldn't imagine my entire family together for a week in the same house. I can. Well, and so let me ask you, because you have a big family, Matt. So you got lots of siblings. What have you done? I mean, obviously you've done that in life, but like as adults, have you guys come back for that length of time together? What's that like? Yeah, we do it every, every two years. Now we go to the Outer Banks in North Carolina and we rent mm-hmm. one giant beach house and there's, let's see. So I have seven siblings. Seven of us are married. How many, we were rolling like, what is it? Like 36 of us now. And over half of that are kids from the varying ages of 16 to 30 days, something like that. Wow. And there's like 50, yeah, like 16, 17 of them. I mean, I, it, it's enough where I actually have to like recount and we've had two more babies born. So like, I don't remember. Um, so, I mean, you have to go to the beach. You got to get those kids running around doing stuff. Cause if you're in the, the house for prolonged periods of time, you start to like slowly lose your mind because it's just loud and kids are obnoxious. It's messy, but we've, we've kind of like figured it out to an extent. We've never had poop flung on (laughs) another sibling and craziness like that happen, but there's definitely a lot of loud noises and definitely just, you come out at the end of it and you've had a great time. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my house. Yeah. (laughs) Ready for the two year break. (laughs) Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I don't have a huge, it's just me and my sister, but we got a lot of cousins and we did a couple of vacations that were, you know, a few days long. And I was like, that's enough. Yeah, no, I can't imagine sitting Shiva like that. And especially like with people coming in and out in that traumatic of a situation. And I think that for me, like one, the character development and the fact that to these actors and to, especially to like the writer and the and director, Sean Levy, to be able to, still make every character have some character development and some of them get a lot, right? So Judd, Jason Bateman's character gets a ton because he's kind of the central figure of the story. So almost always on screen in some way, but like Wendy Altman, the sister, she gets a lot when it comes to like her husband, she's got her husband and the kids and her husband's a dick, but you can tell that he's probably not a complete dick. It's just that they're in a bad marriage because she obviously never actually wanted to be in that marriage because she's been in love with Hari the whole time, but who's got the brain injury and they won't, they can't connect because of that, because he's got, they show he's got some anger issues due to that, that they were in a car accident together. So that development, you've got the oldest brother. Who's the one that stuck around and and taken over the dad's business, the sporting goods store and married Judd's ex-girlfriend from high school. And then is trying to have a kid and they're having a hard time with that. So there's a lot of this story development for all the characters. And then the younger brother, don't even be started on that little Oedipal bastard that want that's sleeping with his, his therapist. Who's like twice his age. Oh, I love her from Friday night lights. So, Mm -hmm. so, so so good to see her. Yeah. Connie Britton's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Such a, such, and I think, and part of it, I think too is, and I don't want to gloss over it. This is based on a memoir an actual person's life. And so that he write, it's a book and they wrote it. So it was interesting because this one's based on a memoir. And then we did that really shitty, the tender bar movie that was also based on a memoir. And I was like, this is how you make a movie out of a memoir. Like 
Very interesting. And Casey has the book. After we watch this movie, she got the book. I haven't read it yet, but apparently it's darker and less funny, but it's it's a very similar, mm-hmm. like actual things were happening. So interesting read. Can you imagine being this family though and your mom decides to write a book cradle to grave basically on all of your childhoods to adulthood and just every secret we're talking about like masturbation secrets things like this are just chapters in this book about helping other families and and parents across the the world do it better and then you live in this town where people obviously read this book and are like oh yeah i know who this person is and who this person is and dude just air the dirty lottery out but you get rich i guess yeah well and that's i like the part where they're sitting there and wendy talked about the fact that all these neighborhood people would read the book and that they all thought she was a slut because of what the mom wrote in the book and the fact that she's like well you are always very sexually curious And he's like, yeah. And then every guy thought I would sleep with them in, in high school because of this book. And I, to your point, Matt, and there's no, I would be so pissed. Like the amount of childhood trauma that could come from something like that. Good Lord. That would yeah. be crazy. Yeah. But that whole, like, I think the story that got me the most with this one is, is her story though. Like with her and Hari, the neighbor who, they were obviously together in high school and then there's the car accident. And I think part of it is just Timothy Oliphant in this character. He's a character that's in this movie for maybe five minutes total. And he maybe has like 12 lines. And most of them are in a conversation in the backyard with Wendy because he forgot why he was going down to get a wrench out of the garage. So it's like, but he was a very impactful character to me. And maybe it's because of the way that he played it. But the fact that he forced her to not like he wouldn't be with her even though she wanted to stay with him during his injury and all that and like the ripples that something like that has it's just crazy to me because and I think part of that comes from so I lived in Kentucky for a while and I had this girl that I dated most of the time I lived in Kentucky and I was ready to at the time when I was fucking 17 but when we moved to Utah but I was I was prepared I'd been with this girl since I was like 13 or 14 years old And I was prepared to spend my whole life with her. That was the plan. And then we moved and I had plans to move back when I turned 18, like on my own, things like that. And it's, so I think about on occasion, it's rare nowadays, but there's been times when I thought, I was like, I wonder what would have happened if the things that happened after I moved that kind of made that not want to be what happened, like what would happen if something like that, if it'd gone differently, right? Like it's so those kind of things are interesting to me. So when you watch her and she comes out of the house after spending the night with Hari after her husband leaves for London, like I think the natural thing is to go, oh man, you cheated on your husband. But I think that's one of those things where we go, a lot of people that I talk to that have watched this movie don't blame her. They're like, I get it. That makes sense to me. And I'm like, but she still cheated. Like that's still, a, yeah. I was like, that's a hard conversation to have and, and pick a side on that situation. But I guess, you know, that's life. So for me, that was a story that really, whenever I watch this, I'm like, oh shit, that's an interesting yeah, life in relationships, especially with whatever, whoever your significant other with that you end up with is a lot of it's timing comes down to, because I would say in your situation, JJ, if it wasn't what you met her when you were 13, but you were like 16 or 17. And then you got all the way to like 2021, 20, could things be very different and the decisions that you made be different? Absolutely. Cause you, you probably would have met her in the pool. You were already could have been in Utah and then you met her there and you weren't going anywhere. Totally different. And I, I think that's what I've seen in my life. It's just, 
do both timelines and locations meet up for those particular life circumstances is a lot of what I think relationships are predicated by. Yeah. Well said. What about you, Al? What was your favorite? What's the relationship or the storyline that, that really hit you in this movie? So I am in the boat where I lean into make your bed lie in it. <laughs> you have to live with your choice. And so I love this movie all the way up to the end when it gets to that end with Quinn and Judd because it's like... Uh, you know, no, like you made your choice. Now you got to live with consequences. Um, so I don't have any problem with the Wendy and Hari thing because it's, she knows what she's doing. She's going to live with those kind of consequences that she, you know, had from this, but I hated the Quinn and Judd kind of, you know, go back and forth because I was like, dude, no, like I don't get to go crawling back and try and change <laughs> your, you know, soon to be ex-husband's mind because, oh, guess what? You're pregnant and you figured this out after you've been cheating for a year. You only go back to your husband because you find a guy you've been sleeping with is sterile. So it's like, ah, no. Mm -mm. Yeah, I can see I'm, that. I'm in the minority on that and I understand <laughs> I'm in the minority on that. But that's my viewpoint on it is if you're going to cheat, you, you got to, you know, you got to live with it now. Uh, oh, it was I by think, accident, or I didn't mean it. Like, I think when it, when it gets to a significant length of time, that's when it, it begins to change in my mind where you've been making this conscious choice for quite some time where it's like, okay, like, it wasn't just like a one-time thing. And even then that's still bad, but it's like, you kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. Like, that's when it gets very, very difficult. I think the part that hit me emotionally is in my life over the last couple of years when I went, I went through a divorce and I really appreciate it. What's the main character's name? Jason Bateman's character. His Judd. Name? Judd. I just appreciated his resilience, resiliency. Um, I think a, a lot of things in life with this movie really taught me besides the, the funny jokes and things is the show still goes on, whether people are dealing with it in the best way possible or kind of just going through the motions. We saw that to varying degrees from different family members in their relationships where you're just kind of, uh, limping by like Wendy and her relationship with her husband and kids. Like she's in it for them, but her heart is elsewhere. The little brother trying to find something, but is broken, but doesn't know how to just keep it in his pants and <laughs> appreciate what's there. The oldest brother kind of feeling like he never got out of the small town, but not really seeing the good life that he has built that that's right in front of him. Judd, who goes through this they were trying to have kids and it didn't work out. And he, maybe he was a little bit of a shell of himself. The same thing with his wife and they weren't connecting as much, but not realizing it. But then ultimately something crappy happens to him, but he bounces back and realizes I've been living my life in more of a safer way and not being as free. And now finally realizing I can explore this. I can do more. I can be more. It's that type of message from this movie that has really resonated with my life more recently with, some things have happened to me, but just in the way that I approach life in general, it's just a lot of, there's that phrase. It's like the experiences are going to happen to us, but it's how you respond to them. And there's some percentage, there's a cooler phrase in there. I can't remember what it is, but you have to decide how you're going to respond because that's really how things are ultimately going to shape it. You can, you want to stay doom and gloom. Great. You, you want to, you want to be pissed off at the world. Great. But at some point, you've, if you want to live a better life, you've got to decide to forgive or move on and find happiness in the new world that you're going to create for yourself. And until you can do that, 
you're going to be stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I love Judd's too. Like, especially at the end where he, like he has this conversation about how he's never something as simple as he's looked and been driving on the freeway and looked at <laughs> Maine and then it doesn't have to be Maine specifically, but anywhere outside of his routine and his sister had busted his ass on the, they were sitting on the roof saying, you're just going to, you know, you're going to sleep with this girl, Penny, which was a great character, which so many characters, you miss them when you're talking about these things, but you're going to go sleep with Penny and then you're going to get back with Quinn. And he's like, well, why would I get back with Quinn? She goes, cause you don't do complicated had your whole life mapped out. You've, and it's for me, like that was an interesting concept too, of we get in these patterns and we live in those patterns. And then sometimes it takes something really shitty to get us out of those patterns when life maybe would never even have gotten in that shitty situation, especially when you talk about Judd, if he'd gotten out of those patterns without it being this situation that drove him. Right. So it's kind of that chicken or the egg conversation. If he had found a way to, Hey, Quinn, let's go to Maine tomorrow just because I want to go, right? Those are the kind of things that maybe keep that shit from happening, right? At oh, some point. JJ, so. absolutely, dude. I think you take it from relationship perspectives. Think about how you were when you, you first, the first couple of years versus 10 years in where your depth of relationship is so much stronger, but you start to lean in just to the complacency of knowing that watching a TV show on Wednesday night is great or not really going on a formalized date over the weekend or whatever it may be. And those, it's not that that's a bad thing, but you just miss the spontaneity and and doing some of those more fun and obscure things that you could do, but you're like, Oh no, we're we're finding our, as you said, routine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to, every once in a while, remember, like, let me do something that spices things up, whether that's going on a mini road trip or going to see a movie. You don't typically go see or go to a new restaurant or whatever. I mean, think about how many times we order food from the same place and then just going to eat something else with that person. So it's a really good word of advice for life is just how can you shake things up every once in a while? Because it puts you on kind of a different path and, and keeps things fresh and new. And yeah, I think that was really sound for, for Judd's character. Yeah. I like to get all deep. I know. Well, and I was about to go deeper too. Cause I like too that this whole situation is something he doesn't want to be in. Like he fights it tooth and nail through the whole movie, like trying to find ways to get out of the house to not have to deal with it. Like there's even a line where <laughs> talking about going to temple and the older brother's like, Oh, I have already asked all the right questions. Cause they're all trying to avoid this. And yet they all, because of this situation, And as shitty as it may be because their dad's passed away, it's still one of those things that every one of these characters leaves in a better place because they've learned some life lessons that they wouldn't have learned had this situation not occurred. And they've been, you know, and the mom not tricked them into coming together for seven days to sit and have everything be uncomfortable. So I I really like that concept of everyone realizes something about themselves because they're forced to get out of their routines and their comfort zone and the things that are going on. And uh, so, yeah, it's at a deeper level, this movie just has so many things that it can teach you and you can learn from it while being entertaining and funny as hell and deeply emotional too. So that's, it's why I like this. One of the reasons I like this movie so much. Cool. I do want to get some one-liners out there because this one's got some great ones. I think one of my favorite like conversations is like two seconds long when, when Quinn shows up unannounced and they're in the backyard, him and her and Judd are in the backyard kind of having this thing. And then Philip, the little brother, Adam driver comes walking around to smoke a cigarette and he's like, Quinn. And she goes, Philip, he goes, I always knew there was somewhat of a 
cold-hearted slut in you. And she goes, takes one to no one. And he's like, touche, pussycat. And I just, that whole interaction, because she's just pissed and like downtrodden and he's just having a good time. And then immediately she tells him he's pregnant, she's pregnant. And he's like, Mazeltov? Like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know whether to say congratulations. So he says it like a question. It, it's I love that interaction. But I think to me, comedically in one-liners, Adam Driver takes the cake in this movie. Like he's got some of the best. I liked when he showed up for the funeral, just pulls in. Running. And he gets there, he's like, mommy. Right to mom, the one that's going to forgive him. I love too, like when he leaves Judd at the ice rink in the car, tricks him into going to see Penny. And he's like, tell Penny I said hi. When he comes back and Judd's like, you're an asshole. He goes, tell me something I don't know. It's like your shirt's in inside out. And he like pulls and sees the tag because he just got them sleeping with that blonde. And he's like, I, I did not know as <laughs> they so drive away. Like it's just such a randomly weird thing, but it makes me laugh every time. I also like the ending where he's talking to Judd about being offered the job from the older brother. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to mull it over. You know, I told him I wanted to mull it over. Didn't want to seem too enthusiastic or excited about it. Yeah. Didn't want to be too, seem too eager. Yeah. I was going to say the best running joke for me though has to do with the mom and her getting her boob job. And then when she yeah. bends down and is like going to hug Judd or whatever it is. And he's just like, mom, and he's like, where's the other, like you need another sash or whatever, whatever, <laughs> something like that. And and then at the end of the movie, like she's hugging him and, and he was like, thanked her for like putting that on. And it just, yeah. And it, anytime like the, they always had, her hug him like his face right on her chest. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be hugged like that by my mom ever or any lady that I know that just thankfully I'm tall and that will never happen. But (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I do love that part where she's leaning over, helping him make the weird broken ass bed that's locked in with the pillar in there. And you have to see it. So if you haven't seen this movie, like with the way he like pinches his fingers, like, Oh, you got to close that off mom. Come on. It's like, yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, and then (laughs) Tina Fey lays on him at one point. He's like, oh, these really are comfortable. As she's like shifting them under her head. That's a good one. Emotionally, though, like one of those lines is right after kind of what you were talking about, Alec, where Adam Driver or Philip was talking about not wanting to seem too eager. And what's happening is Judd is trying to sneak away and leave. And he's saying like goodbye. And then like they have this joke when they were getting high about their dad never used to kiss them but he put their forehead together. Mm. And this to me was like, so Adam Driver is really goofy, almost this whole movie. Like the only time he's, in fact, I don't think he's serious except for at the end, like truly serious except at the end or when he's kind of fighting with the girl, but even that's a joke. But like when he, when Judd grabs him and puts his head and he's like, are we doing this for real or are we being ironic? And he's like, we can tell ourselves we're being ironic. And then he, you see Adam Driver choke up and his chin starts quivering and he runs off. Like that moment gets me every time because I'm like, I, I'm that way. Like I'll try to avoid serious emotional moments with, with like one-on-one if I can in that kind of a situation. So like I like that moment because Adam Driver switches it. Testament to his acting because he just goes from goofy to like, ooh, this is a serious moment in, in a Brett. So I like that part too. I have to say 
I think my overall favorite might have been Timothy Oliphant right at the end. Oh where, God, yeah. Where he's just eating his apple. And like you said, JJ, <laughs> he had like five minutes of screen time and yet he somehow managed to steal the show. Yeah. He's eating his apple. What you guys didn't know about this? Yeah. Like because he's the guy with the brain injury, right? And he can't remember what he's supposed to remember. And I mean, that's probably gotta feel pretty good for him because like, wait, you guys didn't know about this? I knew something that you guys didn't know. But the way he delivers it. I mean, testament to Timothy because that was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. After the moms are kid, they're all standing there like, what the hell? Oh, you guys didn't know about that? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great line. Best consistent joke one night is just the word boner, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That was a good joke. Just the smack at them. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. There's so many. Mm-hmm. That's the, the hard part about this movie is there are a ton I also liked in the hospital when Wendy comes in and, and what's his face, Dax Shepard's there and they're fighting. And she like, he's like, who the fuck are you coming in here at your age with that middle part? And she goes, I'm fucking Wendy Altman, bitch, and punches him right in the nose. And they walk through, she gets escorted out by security. And she goes, that's a princess cut, you fucking clown. Like, I just, and then that moment in the car, she's like, when, you might be idiots but you're my idiots. And that's like, for me, that whole family thing, we can kill each other when no one else is going to hurt us. So, all right. Funny movie. Should we rate it? Let's do it. Okay. I'll go first since it was my pick. You know, it's funny. Normally I'm trying to find reasons to like give us a movie, a higher score. This one, because it's my pick and I don't want to seem biased. I've been trying to find reasons to lower my score and I can't, I have nothing because to me, I have a very small list of what I call truly perfect movies. And to me, this is one of them. There's emotional range, there's depth, there's comedy, there's some real relationship things. There's some real familial relations that are going on. The timing is perfect. It's not too long. They don't force anything. They don't cut anything short. And I just enjoy, it's a movie that I could watch anytime with anyone at any moment and not think about, oh, I don't want to watch it again. I could watch it every day and enjoy it just as much. So to me, this is a perfect movie. And no matter how many times I've tried to find something that I can mark it down for, I just can't. So I'm going to give this one a five. Call me biased if you feel like I need Whoa. to, but it <laughs> is to me. This this is a, when I find a movie and we all know I watch movies more than once, but when I find a movie that I actively am happy to watch over and over and over and over and over, to me, that's a perfect movie. And this one, is really high on that list. I just love it. And I tell Casey every time we watch it, I'm so glad you forced me to watch this movie because it's become a staple in our house. It, it's on at least once or twice a month without question. Cause it's just good. There's so much good about this movie from the story to the acting, to the simple cinematography. And yeah, it's just such a great movie to me. So five for me, I'll watch this movie probably next week. So definitely watch it again. I've probably seen it a two or three dozen times at least. So that's me, Alec. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie as well. And I didn't really think I was going to. It started off great. And this movie just kept getting better and better and better. I did have a few problems at the end, but that's on me and it's not a knock against the movie. I really enjoyed probably Adam Driver's character far more than I thought I would. He had these moments where he was almost a, a solution to everybody's problem. <laughs> he did it in a goofy kind of way, but he he's kind of the glue that holds that family together. 
you see him talking to Judd and then he talks to Wendy about, you know, you're a great mom. Like when I think of who my mom is, yours is the voice I know because you were the one who babysat me. You're the one who took care of me all the time. So it was, it was great. It's a four and a half for me. I will definitely be watching this movie again, probably next week as well, because I go through phases where I just watch movies in like in mass and just on repeat. But yeah, great movie. Can't wait to watch it again. And it'll definitely be a staple in our house for a while. You're the voice in my head. Sometimes I wish you'd just shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Madsen, bring it home. Yeah, this is a solid four for me. Look, I, the case of, I thought this movie was going to be funnier than what it was to me. It's funny. Don't get me wrong. The jokes, when they're there, they land. But it wasn't as over the top funny as I, I was expecting at some parts. It was more of a balanced movie than was advertised to me. And so maybe this is just a case of perception versus reality. It's a very good movie. Well, I watched this again. This is a very easily watchable movie again, whether it's on in the background, whether you want to just sit in again and watch it. Cause it's one of those where, cause there's a lot of movies we watch, even good movies that I, I like where once you've seen it, it's a very emotionally exhausting investment. Like the dark Knight for me, one of the best, the best movie I've ever, ever seen a phenomenal movie, but you got to be prepared to ingest that movie. This one, you don't, if you just want to focus on some of the great one liners, go for it. You want to get entrapped into some of the more d- difficult decisions in life from these relationships. You can do that too. And so it's a very versatile movie, but like for me, a movie that's a little bit different, but very similar in a lot of senses to me, like knives out, which yeah, I know is a little bit more detective, but knives out was just, more over the top funny to me and the acting in that movie I think was even better because there's some serious headliner individuals in that. And I gave that movie a five and I just, it's hard for me to really pick what this movie doesn't have. But when I think of this movie versus knives out, I just think of greater star power, a little bit more compelling story where the story was just, it was a story, but it, it doesn't leave me at the end of the day walking away like, wow, like that was impactful. But I'm just really nitpicking here. It's, just, it's a solid four, but I, it, I don't know. We all, we all have our movies that are fives and for me, it's not, but for JJ it is. And so that's yeah. why movies are beautiful for sure. No. Yeah, definitely agree. Well, there it is. That's a big score. I'm glad I mean, you guys liked a very it. High score. Like all things considered. Yeah. That's a, just so you know, that's like super stressful for me. Like whenever I'm like, we're going to watch this movie. It's one of my favorites. Like, yeah, because like I almost I don't I don't take it personal, but there's like a piece of me that I'm like, oh god, I hope they don't hate this because I recommended it and like I want them to like it. So yeah, I'm glad you guys like this movie. It's one of my favorites. So our next movie review will be The Northman. That'll be out next week. After that, we will have uh, falling quickly after that for the end of April. We'll have our movie news that we're doing. We did that last week, last month with with a slap heard around the world. And then this week, we'll don't know. We'll talk about some news and then what's coming up in May for us. But Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, lots of stuff, lots of TV stuff. So go check that out too. But yeah, lots coming up. Matson, tell them where they can find us when they're not listening or watching. Yeah, you, uh, for this, we didn't do a spoiler review for this. Obviously, it was back in 2014. So if you hadn't seen, <laughs> seen to go watch it. But spoiler freeze are up on YouTube for any of the bigger movies. Top Gun, the new Doctor Strange things of that nature. Check us out on, on, on YouTube, what's our verdict.com for just seeing what, what's upcoming for the, the month. If you want to drop us a comment to interact with us there. And then obviously on, on Facebook and Instagram as well, you come in and, and see what we're reviewing and drop us a, a comment there as well. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Madison. Also go Podchaser right now. Leave a review. 
not just with us, but all your favorite podcasts. Do it. So we can get those monies to those people that need them and, and need food. So we appreciate you tuning in, listening to us as always. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinemagic out.